Tell me you saw that. Tell me you heard what Roman Reigns said about you. Obviously I didn't, Paul. I don't watch the show, Paul. Why would I watch the show? You need to hear and see what Roman Reigns said about you. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Look at this. Here. Just press in my code. 00741. That one right there? Yes. Hey, this is Willie Hutch to Mac. Gonna do a little something, something with 3 6. Get mad at me, cause your raw controls up, glad to see the truck when I pulled up, gone pop the lost big booty, hopping in that dogs in gold teeth. Man, you know we in that. I know that's your baby mama, I know that it hurts some. You know when we get together, I'ma let her twerk some, let her hit the block some, no time of the month some. Pull out a condom, then I make a run some. Freaky as she wanna be, I'ma let her gonna be. She can be herself anytime that she get with me. Backseat action, riverside relaxing. Flick in the DVD, that ass some waxing. I'ma keep it real with ya, I'ma let her deal with ya. I don't fight over hoes, I'ma let the steel get ya all on the town. Talking bad, turn to down me. In your heart, really sad, boy, you better crown me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show. Uh, I am Justin, and I am with my homeboy, my cohort, my partner in crime, my tag team partner, Mills. What's going on, Mills? I am still deciding whether I want to go to SummerSlam or not. And yeah, this is this is a huge decision for you. This is huge because it costs a it costs so much fucking money to go to the stupid shit, and I'm just like, bruh. You, I'm a person who I like, and, and Carlos will probably vouch for this because every time we've gone, we've got somewhat decent seats. I like, I don't like seats up in space. <laughs> I will not sit up there. No Busby seats. Shout out to Busby, but no Busby seats. Um, <laughs> I like seats like closer to the ring, um, at least maybe a level up from the ring. I like those seats, but those seats are like, can I can I read off some of these prices on on fucking SeatGeek and like StubHub and all these other things? What are they looking like? What are they looking like? Tell us. All right, so I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up. And SeatGeek does not sponsor this podcast, but you know, yeah, yeah. One day they will. Yeah, and we'll be able to give you a promo code off your first purchase, so you will not be in the same conundrum as me. Um. Floor seats, $744 for mm. row five. Mm. Um, <laughs> this see, see, this is weird. This is why SeatGeek is, you know, kind of weird. Um, there's a there's a price in section eight. Section eight is prime seating, like prime seating if you're on the level up. $810. Mm-hmm. And, and then in the section over, $529 is an amazing deal. 
I think that that's a that is a deal though. I mean, it's the Barclays Center. It's the it's their second biggest show of the year. I, I've gone. To, I mean, I think this show. I think I've just been scarred over the last two years. The first year I went was fucking awesome. First year I went, we had Seth Rollins versus you know John Cena. We had you know Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker. We had Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks, where Sasha Banks almost died. We had like. <laughs> All these different type of cool matches. And then the last year, last year we had like, it was just a bad card. And I was just like, man, I really paid a bunch of money for this. I really want to steal one of those seats on the floor. What main event it last year? The Fatal 4-Way with Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. While great at the time, because... We literally sat through three hours of a show that included Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Natalia versus Naomi. No offense to them, but um, Sasha, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss, which was also not good. You know what opened the show? John Cena versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, yeah. For, and that, that was for the, uh, for the briefcase, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was just no. He just he ruined his briefcase cashing the day the, the, the night day. before. Yeah, the show before. So I was just like, I feel cheated. But NXT Takeover was awesome. It was awesome. For, no, for the time, I don't think that Takeover was going to age very well. No, nah, but when I mean, you look back on that card, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode at the top. Ooh, All right, so it was just. Every, no one wanted to see that. I, nonetheless, 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 bring it back. I'm deciding whether I want to go to SummerSlam this year. The card is looking spectacular. It is shaping up to, in my opinion, be an all-timer. Okay, um, okay, okay. Because it just like, to me, I know we've seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, but it's literally the biggest match they could probably get out of any two superstars on this card in terms of just attraction, an attraction match, just in my opinion, with the stock they put in Roman Reigns over the last couple of years and just Brock Lesnar being, you know, Brock Lesnar, still kind of a ratings juggernaut, um, especially when you look at the rating for Raw this week. Um, and you have Ronda Rousey. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe I do want to go. It's a stack card. I, I'd say, I mean, even just for... You know, certain certain other matches, and the card isn't finalized yet. But I mean, Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman should be fun. It should be uh, fun. I'm down with that match. Uh, I, I think that uh, obviously the Ronda Rousey match. I, I think the cruiserweight title got announced with uh, Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander. That should be cool if you get there at six o'clock. Um, <laughs> I am not getting there at six o'clock. So let's let you know. It's not gonna uh, I think. I mean, it is shaping up. I don't know if it. We we'll have, we'll have to wait to see if it's an all timer. But I mean, AJ Styles and more Joe is. Give them twenty minutes. I think that you get, you'll get something cool. I hope so because you know what is it, what's been this thing, and we're getting into like probably show territory that we could speak of on the show. I feel like we've anticipated these like great matches that we've seen before from AJ Styles, and they've never really lived up to anything. Like he's yeah, kind of had. They're calling, this, they're calling this dream match again too by the way on the on the advertisement for this Samoa Joe match they're saying it's dream I know they don't how about we just stop saying yeah that. I think we need to stop <laughs> because we had we we kind of had a dud with the Kevin Owens one we kind of had a dud with the you know the the, the Shinsuke Nakamura series it, I'm hoping this isn't the same considering these two are working very well but I think 
I'm, and this is no disparagement to them. They're working in a, they're not in their peak prime, you know, states yeah. or conditions. These are two guys who are working through injuries, have worked through injuries, all these other things. We're not working with, you know, unbreakable 2005 Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. So it's kind of a, it, it remains to be seen what kind of match they will deliver, but I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and I think essentially, I mean, you look at SummerSlam weekend as a whole, like it, it has become this ubiquitous thing where it is a thing now, whereas it didn't it used to be really like, like that. And like, even as early as 2014, it was kind of like, okay, we know it's the second biggest show, but um, it's going to be looked at like the second biggest show. Now this is a WrestleMania type card. I mean, I mean, you got Roman and Brock, that's a WrestleMania match. Right. Again. <laughs> and you know, I, I think that, I, I think overall you should go. I think I should go just because the live experience is different than anything you ever done. And WWE puts on a great live experience. And speaking Uh, of, speaking of, uh, speaking of SummerSlam, we we put up a new poll. I don't, I don't don't want to bury the lead there. We put up a new poll, uh, asking you guys to pick a match or pick four matches that you want us to do a live watch for a lot. A lot of our live watch series, uh, episodes do really, really well. And, um, the four matches are, Hold on, I don't have them in front of me. Right? I have them. I have them. I, we, we've got John Cena versus Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam 2013, which is winning. Which it should. Well, no, no, no. I, I, the poll has been closed, my friend. Oh shit! It it won. No, it did not win. What won? So the winner of this is Kurt Angle versus The Rock versus Triple H at SummerSlam 2000. <laughs> How did it come back? <laughs> Because I wanted it to win. And I said, <laughs> yes, please vote for this, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, and, and we're going through this. Um, Cena versus Daniel Bryan is a, is a great match. It's a great match, but I don't think I think we'd be talking about Total Divas and Total Bellas the whole match. I, I think it's just the obvious that that's like a great match. I think when you think about the triple threat match in 2000 and and then we get to talk about the state of the company in 2000, Austin was out, you know, this is Kurt Angle, you know, ascending to in his rookie year, ascending to the top of the card. We have The Rock as champion. Triple H is the ultimate bad guy. Stephanie McMahon is involved in this match. There's like slaps and CTE and rock bottoms and all this other shit going on. In this match. It's an incredible it's an incredible moment in WWE history that I've, yeah. I love covering. And I'm a, I'm a rock mark. So it's kind of like, you know. So we'll be doing this the week of SummerSlam. So you're looking at about two weeks here. Uh, yeah. uh, two weeks out, we'll be doing this episode. Uh, so give us a little bit of time to do some research, and we will have that too. We usually put them out, what, like the week of SummerSlam, probably like that Monday. The Monday before, yeah. And then we'll do the A show that week. So so look out for that in, in two weeks. Uh, thanks for everyone who voted. But I also have to thank everyone who sent in their, uh, their NXT report cards. Hey, man, like that NXT episode... One of our but one of our hottest episodes we've ever done. I want to thank everyone who watched, or I would say watched, everyone who listened to it. At this point, if you watched it, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of our biggest episodes ever, um, and and I have to say, like more than that, like our we've been exponentially growing in the past month, and I have to thank everyone who uh, has started listening to the show uh, as of July, who have, you know been listening since the beginning. Again, thank you. We are we're in our 41st episode now, 41st week of doing this. If you count the bonus episodes, probably around 44. And, you know, we're just getting stronger and better. And I think this is proof that, you know, this type of content is necessary and it's needed. And I see all types of, you know, podcasts coming out now. And 
Um, I want to shout out to Cal from from uh, Complex. Really, oh. really good, really good guy. He's got his own podcast too. I I, I checked that out this week. Have you heard yeah. of the Cal Show, by the way? No, I haven't. All right. So one of my one of my good friends at Complex, Adrian, on her feed, she is a social. She's does social for Complex. She has a sh- a literal show on her social media feed. It is called the Cal Show. It has an opening graphic and everything, and it wow. is amazing i need to link you to it but shout out to the cal show shout out to adrian but yeah shout out to cal as well you know for uh, for his podcast and all this other stuff and just all the support man and he's an incredible guy yeah super super cool guy uh i again we looked at the numbers this week and i i've never i, I was like holy shit we did that in a day <laughs> and i wasn't even focused i was like what are, you know we'll you know we do the show we you people listen, you know. I'm I'm fine with that. I would love it to continue growing. Then you came and you said, "Bro, we did first day," and I was like, At "What? I didn't yeah. know where these people were from or something." But you know, thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you to everyone who shared. If you listen on iTunes, please leave us a five star rating on the RNC Radio feed, and you can even mention the A Show yourself if you, you know, if you came here from the A Show, you can mention anything that you want or any of the podcasts that we have on the RNC Radio Network, but thank you guys for supporting the A Show, seriously. Yeah, it is, you know, it's been a, a crazy couple of months here, but I'm... Oh, shout out to shout out to the Daily Smart, too. We're in their podcast. Oh, yeah, Daily feed. Smart. Fuck, Daily Smart. Daily Smart. Uh, the dude. Daily Smart, where, we, where I get my, I personally get all my wrestling news from. It's a great aggregator website for all wrestling news. If you want just a hot spot of dirt sheets and results and podcasts, quite frankly, because they are aggregator podcasts as well. And we're on the feed. So thank you to the Daily Smart and thank you, you know, to the good people over there. Yeah, but uh, I say that to say this. Thanks to everyone who sent in their, their NXT report cards. We got a huge amount of people that actually filled out the, the sheet, uh, including everyone from our, our actual Real Wrestle Chat uh, channel. Thanks, thanks to you guys. I, I just want to just point out, uh, I think we pretty much got a lot of them right, man. I, I think the one that I think was, was pretty much unanimous among everyone was Kona Reeves getting an F across the board, just getting an F. Yes, Yes, it is just someone gave me an F plus, and I was like, I don't even know. That's I think that was I think that was amp. <laughs> Everything that's possible to give someone an F plus in anything like that's the what, what scale? He said he was being generous, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we got it. I think we got everything across the board, and thank you to everyone who filled them in. I mean, I know I worked hard on this graphic for it. Oh, and it's it shows. I think it's it's you know stepping it up every single time. Thanks to to meals are. Graphical genius here. The graphical genius. That's your uh, wrestling name. <laughs> oh genius. my god. Um, but yeah, I think we got pretty much everything right. Shout out to you know people who submitted. We got you know Silk Durag on Twitter. We got Osito ten thirty four. We got Come Clean eighty nine. Chris Novak, uh, big big fan of, of of his show, and he's a big fan of our show. Jamal Salam. Oh. We got you know Rassle Rap themselves. Shout out to Rassle Rap. For also submitting one um black eyes 392 just a whole bunch of people shout out to everyone king john doe everyone 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 who submitted a list we are in debt to you shout we to appreciate you. it yeah thanks for being so active socially that's that's awesome um but should we start off you know yeah we should we should start let's go into uh no holds bar this is, this is i won't say this was a slow week but i'll say that this was a uh 
a week where it, it had ebbs and flows. And I, I guess we'll start with the downer here. Uh, very tragic day, uh, really, in wrestling uh, last weekend. Brian Christopher, that, that's Grandmaster Sexy himself, uh, with I, Ivan Koloff and Brickhouse Brown all passed away uh, last weekend. Just a incredible blow. And, you know, they always say, like, crazy stuff. Like, you know, death comes in threes. And it's like, holy shit. You, you see that and it's like, fuck. You don't want that to be true, you know? Right. Uh, the, the, I, I feel as though they're all tra- – and they're all tragic, uh, of course. Ivan Koloff, a, a legend, you know, and Brickhouse Brown, and also a legend. But I think – those didn't resonate with me as much as Brian Christopher or Brian Lawler did. Uh, he was arrested on, on a DUI last weekend. And uh, while he was in, imprisoned, he took his own life uh, in his cell. Um, just a, a terrible, terrible, you know, instance, terrible thing that happened there. Uh, I could just remember picking Grandmaster Sexy the first day I got SmackDown uh, 2. Know your role. You oh, know, really? Stuff like that. You know, like he was the first person I picked because I mean, that's how over they were to me. I, I, I was I was a mark for Brian Christopher and, and uh, Scotty Tuhati. You know, they were in No Mercy. So I just remember the intro. Uh, no Mercy, Friend 64, one of the greatest intros of all time. It's just a lot of, you know, superstar action, very high profile and stuff. But Brian Christopher, man, I just remember the, the Too Cool was one of the most over tag teams of the, you know, of the Attitude Era. And yeah. just his contribution, and just to see the way, because I know we, we I mean, he he's been in you know TNA since then, and then after that he was on the independent scene and in Memphis and all this other things, and we know the kind of like hardships he's had to deal with, and just the relationships he's had with his father and mended them, and then you know having issues again and mending them, and and it's just a lot of things. It's been a hard life for you know Brian Christopher, and it, and it kind of stinks to see him go out, but it. it I'll always remember just the moments and, you know, everything that he, you know, contributed to the wrestling business. Even, their com- even when they came back uh, about three or four years ago. For NXT, right? Oh, over. Completely over. They were 100%, still over. 100%. And, and, and uh, Scotty Tuhati is actually, I believe he's a, tra- he's a trainer. He's a trainer at the PC, yeah. Yeah, at the, at the PC. And um, his, his, his uh, Instagram post about this uh, was... Heartbreaking to say the least. I, I think that um, more than anything, that, that was you know, and obviously Jerry Lawler, that was his son, right? Uh, so my condolences to him because it, it has to be tough for any parent to bury their children. Yeah, and yeah. it's just you know the life that he's gone through and all these other things. It's just you know, it's sad. It's sad. Super sad. Uh, and and and, all, and, all, and also condolences to Ivan Kolos family and Brickhouse Brown as well. Brickhouse Brown, you know. I wasn't we, very we, familiar with Brickhouse Brown, to believe it or not. I did I did some research on him, and you know he again. It's like you always see so many of these you know black wrestlers that were from that time that were extremely over with the crowd and extremely over you know with, with everyone, but never really got the chance to like really showcase that in a, in a big light. And I think you know this puts a spotlight back on WWE to to kind of look at what you have when you have talent like like. Biggie and Kofi Kingston and Apollo Crews, even, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying they should all win titles or stuff like that, but it's like, there's a bigger chance in 2018 to make these guys legendary, bigger than, than Brickhouse Brown, you right. know? And I think they should take that in account where it's like, you know, there are a lot of these legends that are, that are passing away 
And, you know, the only one that we're ever going to remember that actually did something of note and, and got a got a big belt was was Ron Simmons, you know. Right. And that, that part sucks. I, I think it's time, at least if not by the end of the year, by 2019, we need to have a black champion, man. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. I mean, it's long overdue. And even just look at the optics of it and we just, you know, even when it eventually does happen and hopefully it eventually does happen, it's going to be just strange to see like, damn, in the. Over fifty year in over fifty years of WWE and the WWF championship, this is the first you know true black champion, and yeah, it, you know, I, I, we, hashtag black champion man, that's what we're doing, bro. Hashtag black champion all over, that's what we're doing. I might name the episode black champion. We just hashtagging black champion every day. hashtag black champion. Um, let's let's get to some uh, some other black shit. <laughs> um, a black champion in his own right, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> My man Cedric Alexander was wilding on the bird this week. Uh, a couple of his old tweets, and listen, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, he was not exempt. Uh, a couple other people this week were not exempt. Cedric Alexander, well, here's the thing. I think he did this for, I think that the people who found his old tweets did this for a reason. Last week, he was dissing Neville yes. uh, on Twitter and saying, calling him a quitter. And you know these stands do not play. I have Nicki Minaj. I have Nicki Minaj stands in my mentions right now, threatening to take my life and my livelihood. Trust, <laughs> trust me, they don't play. And so yeah. they found tweets of Cedric Alexander making rape jokes. What's up with with rape jokes? I can't comment on that because I don't know what's <laughs> what's the obsession with making jokes about rape. Um. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that's a that's a question that's too deep for people that don't really like make those types of jokes. But I I don't get it. It was 2012, which which he was on TV at the time. He was 100 percent on TV. He was in the whole. He might have even been a champion. He was on, he was on ROH. So it was kind of like, and you know, Ty Dillinger got fried as well. Um, oh yeah, he did. He did. He, he definitely did, and he had to make a public apology. Both of them have actually made apologies since then. Um, but yeah, it's not cool. It's it's very not cool. This is something. But my thing is this: Cedric handled it like a complete dweeb. Okay, he put his account on private, then he activated the tweet delete thing, and I'm like, dude, you still have all of those followers that you had before, and you're doing a tweet delete thing. Like, we're not noticing that you're paying the eight dollars today. And don't you <laughs> go to class? Don't you go to a class when you get hired at the PC? telling you that you need to clean your tweets up they tell like i heard that they even tell you what program to use it's so i don't know i don't know tweets i believe have been they the do. demise tweets have been the demise of a lot of wwe superstars over the last couple of years we remember you had um Seth Rollins old girl ex-girlfriend Zyra Z- Zira whatever her name is Nazi sympathizer um who eventually got next because of those tweets. You've seen old tweets from, from what am I? Who else? Who else? Just so I, I, I just remember it, hers is the most significant. I think some of the women, some of the women, some of the women, definitely we've had, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember one. There was definitely one about like black people that I remember specifically, but yeah, there's a, it's just pay the, clean eight. it up, yeah. clean it the fuck up, bro. Like, 
but now you see like so many people using like tweet delete should see a surge in users this week just period i might i might open myself a delete program for you know and and sell it to professional businesses or something along those lines and just be like listen if you're going to be here you got to clean up these tweets because you never know what's there i mean twitter, twitter should just have that inherently like people are paying eight bucks for this like twitter needs to just give them the option to do that yeah just i agree delete your tweets or, or cycle because i know that they only you can only Maybe archive back go ahead Verified accounts no such it's not yourself, such as yourself no you can't you can't though you like you like that would mean everyone had to be verified in order to do that like they only cycle back your last 2000 tweets so that's the only ones you can bring up by yourself the only way to get the rest is if you search and that's just way to, or you get your archive, which is available to everybody. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think that should be an option. All right. I mean, you know, you could just pay the eight bucks. You just pay the eight bucks anyway. Just pay the eight bucks. You're a superstar, man. Anything you tweet is gold. Don't even worry about them old tweets. Them the old you. You knew you now, man. You're the cruiserweight champion. You're making all types of money. You're on top of the business. You're going to be at SummerSlam. You're going to be defending the championship. You defended the championship. at. You won the championship at WrestleMania. You're a high-caliber star. I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you, you know, James Gunn. I'm talking to you, Cedric Alexander. I'm talking to you, everyone with, you know, potentially terrible tweets lurking in there. Delete them. Don't let the ba- don't don't risk the bag for some funny tweets or what you thought was funny in 2012. Rape is never funny, but all right, I, I guess it's just oh, different. Uh, okay, ne- next next news item, and I think this is just a silly news item. Uh, AJ Styles, the club of Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows and Shinsuke Nakamura, their three year contracts are near expiration. Uh, they should be up around December or January. Do you think that they're leaving? And I think we can just, I, our, I, I legitimately, I don't even know if that's a question. I don't think any of them are leaving. No, I don't think any of them. They'd be dumb to leave. There's no reason point. to leave. <laughs> to me, if I was AJ Styles, I'm like, to me, if I, I yeah, I'm a, Woj better tweet it out that I got, <laughs> <laughs> that I resigned, something mill, four year extension, blah, blah, blah. Like, I need ESPN tweeting it out. I think he's such a high caliber talent. And he's done so much. He's done so well in the WWE. Um, and he's become really the face of the SmackDown brand. And Shinsuke Nakamura, also another face, the club. But before but before we before we even get to the, the rest of them, like, AJ is in a position, longest running WWE champion in years, about four years. Mm-hmm. He's in a position to re-up for a bigger bag, maybe longer years, bigger bag, but less heavy schedule. Right. At 40, at like 42 years old. Like AJ has no literally, and I, and I saw on on on, and we're gonna get to that too. But Dave Meltzer was talking about you know the possibility of them leaving. I'm like, just overall, why would any of these guys go back to a semi indie schedule? ROH isn't gonna pay any of these guys what WWE could. And if going to Japan, like AJ Styles has, I hate to even say this, he's got kids. He's got kids. He's not going back to Japan. That was the number one thing he said that he did not enjoy being on the road so much. He had to go do the tours and they're like two to three month tours. He's not leaving. The, and the, the way the WWE pushes him, does, does, do they push him like someone that's going to leave? Come on, man. I think they take very good care of him. They provide him opportunities. He wasn't on SmackDown this week, and but he's still highlighted on the show. You know what I'm saying? That we will have AJ Styles back next week. The champion will be back next week. He's still in a high profile situation. I think it'd be 
to even think that they would potentially leave is crazy. Even the club. I mean, these are guys who they're, they're established in the U.S. Uh, Gallows has a tattoo shop in Georgia, I believe, that does super well. Uh, Carl Anderson's got his hot Asian wife. He's got his kids. They seem content and happy with where they're at. Like, not everyone is trying to chase the Kenny Omega dream. And they've uh, done that already. That's the thing, though. It's not yeah. like, it's not like, oh, I mean, Luke Gallows, for instance, had a shot in WWE, decided I want to leave to build a better name for myself and build up, you know, my reputation. And he's done that before. And he did that for a large amount of years. And then he came to the WWE. They've done that before. I'm sure they want to, I'm sure there's, roads yet uncharted in WWE that they want to explore, maybe singles competition, maybe, you know, tag team championship and all that comes with staying in the WWE. And trust me, it comes eventually it comes. He Slater showed me that eventually you will be there. Yeah, the, it happens. The, the B team with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, Axel, who no one expected to be in the position that they're in right now and undefeated tag team champions. They but will get there. That, bigger than that, the club have already held titles before. Not, I mean, people forget that, but they they have held titles before. It's it's they're fine where they're at. You know, like they are okay. I think the biggest if is Shinsuke Nakamura, and I think that's because he's not as open uh, as far as like interviews showing that he's unhappy. Or I don't even. There's no inclination that he's not happy here. I I have to say, like uh, I believe Meltzer said, New Japan is very interested in him in him coming back. And I got to say, I don't think he is interested in coming back. I, I well, just can't see him coming back. So it's a different it's a different story for Shinsuke Nakamura because Shinsuke Nakamura is someone who is from Japan as opposed to where AJ Styles and the club are based in the United States. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is definitely from Japan. I mean, if, if anything would seem more certain, it would be that, you know? It would I, be, I don't think it's certain. I, well, I not certain, it's, but more plausible. Let me say that. Yeah, yeah. it is plausible. But then you think... Shinsuke goes back. There's an expectation to working in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that expectation is that you're going to give it 100% every single time you go out. You're going to do strong style. You're going to get dropped on your head. Let me, let me tell you something. Shinsuke wasn't even doing that when he was there. So if he's going to get another bag, a re-up for another three years for a big bag, he doesn't have to work hard. Obviously, as you can see in his matches, he don't. He doesn't work super hard anyway. He does the hit. He plays the hits. I don't even think he's been when, when, on SmackDown in a couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. Like he 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 gets to ch- he gets to chill, bro. Like these guys are all older guys. Shinsuke is about thirty eight, I believe, almost in his forties. Those two, those other two guys are. I think they're firmly in their forties. Yeah. They're all. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, trust me. Not everyone's trying to go get five-star matches from Dave Meltzer, you know? And and I think, I think these are, these are four guys that are fine and content where they are. Listen, two of the guys that we're talking about have the two top belts on their respective brands. They're fine. fine. (laughs) One of them, one one of them won the Royal Rumble this year. They're fine. (laughs) I think that, let's just be clear. They're fine. That says enough that to me, that says enough. And to me, I think, um, with this new batch of WWE superstars, while 40 seemed like the death age in before in the, in the business, unless you were Hogan or something who worked well into his damn sixties. But I think they have a longer shelf life than we all think. I think AJ yeah. Styles could potentially be working. 
I wouldn't say actively by the time he's like 48, 49, but he'd still be working on the main roster. That's what I think. I think he has a lot more in the tank. I think we could see him to at least a decade working on the main roster, you know? Yeah, for sure. Shawn Michaels. I think I think he'll go out at like 45 like Shawn Michaels did. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, what I, that's what I thought about that. Uh, let, let's get into something that you probably are going to love here. Uh, Ms. and Mrs. is a rating success that was the most watched reality show on USA since 2011. 2.3 million viewers on their first episode. That is huge. That is insane. That is literally insane. How? Hey, hey I mean, I, th- I think the SmackDown audience stayed. I, I think they had a great lead in. I think uh, the fake baby definitely let them in. They, they, they wanted more fake baby. They they wanted every, I mean at, at this point they're gonna get a another another damn season at this point. Um, they, the Miz and Misses. I watched it last week. That was my homework. My homework. Okay. Was yes. To watch Did you watch Miz. it? Is it a good show? It is funny. It is funny. Um, the Miz has went out and say, "Hey, this is like a docu series on our lives, um, leading up to the baby." He's gone out in several interviews. He said it. I've watched him say it. I've watched all these interviews. This is a reality show. This is a reality show with you know funny hijinks and all this other stuff. A cake gets smashed. You know he's accidentally naked. All these other things. This is that. This is one hundred percent that. Um, there are real life things that happen in the show. Marie's having a baby, all these other things, but it, it's it's largely a reality show um, produced by the same people who produced the Mrs. Real World season. Um, I think it's a funny show. I think it's a funny half an hour. To me, it's, uh, you know, I think all these shows for just even total divas and total bellas, which I think they're entertaining shows. It's just really if you have the time or you actually want to sit, sit down and actually watch these shows. None of these shows to me are bad. Yeah. Reality TV takes a level of investment, especially with the characters and things like that. And you invest in the characters and you're able to relate with them with, you know, experiences and you're entertained by none of these shows are bad. The Miss and Misses is not bad. It's just whether people actually want to sit down and watch it. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good show. I think you'll you'll see a lot more fun stuff on Miz and Mrs. than you'll see on Total Bellas or Total Divas at this point, because Miz is way more connected in California and Hollywood than you know. Well, he's else. in Texas now. Yeah, he's in Texas now. But you, you'll see stars on the show. Like you you're gonna end up seeing you'll see a, you know an Avril Lavigne or you Ooh, know Coral. Coral? No. <laughs> no coral uh, that would be uh, amazing uh, though oh my god but she can't she can't bro she can't show up because because he had a relationship with her at one at one point no they're friends they're friends but you're probably what, what, are, what are you doing what, what are you playing with what is that noise sorry it's this stuff in the studio Jesus I just stuff while I'm recording. I'm just uh, I'm just a guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That sounds, makes it sounds like you farted, and I don't want our viewers or listeners. No, no, no. This is like it's a lock for like a DJ case that I'm like fiddling around with. Jesus, put put a pen in your hand or something. Jesus, move, move, moving on. Uh, moving uh, Nia, on. Nia Jax possibly injured. Uh, not not mentioned what she could be suffering from. 
Uh, but she's, she did mention she was rehabbing on her Instagram. Uh, she tends to take time off and be the only person that can do that. <laughs> so I think this is another time. She did it last year, too, where she just took a couple weeks off. So I think, she I mean, she's not in any storyline. Yeah. yeah, like she she probably she's like, I'm not in any storyline. I'm not factored into any storyline. So I'll be back in time for the evolution Listen, uh, build. So do what you I'm fine want when you popping. You do what you want when you popping is what is what a great man once said. If um, if losing your title uh, and then disappearing from the show is popping, then yes, fine. She is. There's literally nothing they're gonna go on for. Her. I think they ended up writing her. I think that literally that they, maybe the extreme rules was just to write her off. Um, and and she could have time off. We just saw a return from someone with time off on SmackDown this week. We saw Charlotte Flair come back from injury, um, and just you know get right back into the swing of things. So maybe we could potentially see that for Nia Jax. Yeah, as you said, in time for the Evolution pay per view. All right. Uh, last point on No Holds Barred. I, we can skip past this as quickly as you want. Nikki Bella and John Cena, their their storyline is done. I don't call it a relationship. I say their storyline is done. They're finished. It. I don't have much to say on this because I think I've said all of it in past episodes already. And we've had like 10 minute to 15 minute discussions about this relationship. Just see other people. It's not that hard. I think, you know, Nikki Bella, I know a guy named Ben Coyle. I'm sure he's perfect for you in every type of way possible. <laughs> um, um, John Cena, he's in love with his money. Did you see that they asked JTG about this? Yeah, and he was like, John Cena was in On love TMZ, with, was first in love of with all, her. JTG story. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. JTG used to go to the same gym that I went to. So... um I remember, and 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 I've had very like sparse conversations with him. I went to the gym once, and then I was looking across the locker room as I'm changing my clothes, and I'm like, "Is that JTG?" And he looked at me. <laughs> he he looked at me because I had on a SummerSlam shirt, so I'm sure he's looking at me like, "This motherfucker about to say something to me." Um, but he's he like, noticed Fuck. that. He noticed that I had a wrestling shirt, but I did eventually go to him. I was like, yo, what's up, man? You know, love you guys, blah, blah, blah. This was the time when I was, like, writing about wrestling. So I was like, yo, I write about wrestling. He's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, I don't know why. I just had the name drop that I write about wrestling. But, you know, we do strange things when people or celebrities are around, at least. Um, I hope you know he couldn't do nothing for you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He can't do nothing for you, bro. He can't do no, shit for me. I can't do shit for you, bro. He can't. He's like, wow, that's cool. I'm like, what are you doing here? I mean, duh, he lives in Brooklyn. He's like, yo, I'm just, you know, I'm out here. I'm about to fly back to L.A. to, you know, start handling some scripts and all these other things. And, you know, just it. But I'm just out here chilling for now. I got a house around here. And he's just at my crunch gym, which is like the most basic gym ever and all he really did was first of all he did very light squats i'll say that oh god <laughs> not like very very light but it's to the point where it's just like okay you're not like squatting crazy because you're not a bodybuilder you're like a half half of a professional wrestler and he would just always be on the fucking the gazelle machine and i remember i was just like I asked I asked um, my wrestler friend, and you, some people may know her as you know Impact Knockouts Wrestling Champion uh, Sue Young. I asked her, I was like, "Yo, why are wrestlers always on that stupid gazelle shit?" 
And she told me she was just like, because it like imitates movements in the ring. In the ring, you're moving around a lot. You're moving around a lot of appendages. You're you're bouncing around. You're jumping around. This is the only thing that can sort of recreate that experience. Just running, it just works your legs, but you're working your arms and doing a lot of things. So that's my JTG story. I saw him in my gym for a strong period of time. Um, at some point, he was like charging his car battery in the gym as well. Mm. You know, just sketchy, eat true Hollywood life stories of meals, you know? Uh, I, I picked that up for you, by the way. <laughs> I, I picked that up for you. Oh, my I, God. I have it. I, I got it for when the uh, for when the episode's over. I give it back, that, that fucking name you just dropped. Uh, that was No Holds Barred for the week. Uh, thanks, Meals, for that riveting story. Uh, <laughs> let's, get, let's get to Raw. And, and, I have, and the problem with Raw, and I think that... A lot of people dislike Raw, and I think that's not an understatement. I think it is consistently a hard show to watch, to say the yeah. least. Um, but here's my thing. I think that SummerSlam can fix this problem if they just fucking do it. I think we're at our wit's end here with this show. Um, I, I almost consider just watching it on YouTube until after SummerSlam, to be honest with you, because the Monday show is kind of hard to get through. It was very uh, hard. It was sandwiched by two very large moments, and then the stuff in the in between wasn't anything to really write home about. Absolutely. Um, they need a champion that's on TV every week, and I don't think I think that the the amount of like even just the little pissy arguments that we might have about mm-hmm. where where people are placed, whether it be a Seth Rollins or a Dolph Ziggler or a Finn Balor or a Drew McIntyre, this could all be solved if there was a champion on this show every week. And I, there are people that are given programs, they're given feuds that have no ending, no meaning, like for no reason at sometimes. And these are programs that would be way more suited if they if like the Intercontinental title didn't have to be held up until after SummerSlam when there was a champion and you could move some people down. Because the thing is, at one point, there were too many people trying to go for the IC title and it didn't make any sense anymore, you know? Here's what I think about. I think the Raw definitely 100% needs a champion. Um, but I think that's one part of a problem and a larger part of the problem that just comes from creative for all different, you know, angles. It The way the show is booked, it's just like the way and, and the way storylines are held out, not everything is exciting and yeah. not everything is just, and, and not everything quite really has a point because literally they, all these storylines follow a similar format, you know, non non-title champion beats champion. Yeah. Um, then they have a rematch. Then, you know, one part of the tag team faces the other part of the one part of the tag team and so forth and so on. They've, it's followed this sort of rubric for a large number of time. And it just, at once you're just kind of waiting for something different to happen. And I think that's why people gravitated towards the B team. They did in that early, just because it was different. It was unexpected. No one expected the B team to win all those matches and become champion. It's just kind of unexpected. Um, but they kind of, they kind of follow the same format. I just overall, I just think the writing on the show is not as strong. And I think even after SummerSlam, we're going to continue to see that. Moving in the why, why do you period. think that? Why, why do you think that we're going to still see th- these problems? Because we're essentially, I think, the way WWE 
has things, it's they're booking for these very large shows, these quarterly shows, booking towards that direction. And I'll say, you know what? It's supposed to be a big four. I'll really say it's a big three because Survivor Series is kind of like Survivor Series was fun. Survivor Series was fun last year. year. It was fun last year, but it's kind of like the well. We debuted shortly before, you know, Survivor Series. But yes, I think we all remember yes. Under Siege. I think we all remember that. <laughs> you know, maybe it wasn't as fun. Maybe it wasn't as cool as, cool as we all remembered. But we all remember Under Siege. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think just in terms of there were, every time we're waiting for these big shows for something to happen, and everything in between just kind of seems like filler. Backlash, Extreme Rules. I feel like I'm missing one, but it doesn't even matter. Like, I feel like everything in between is just this waiting and this holding period. Well, that's the problem with almost everything right now. It's, it's a very content-driven mm-hmm. world. And, you know, when you have, again, I say this a lot, 52 weeks of television plus random pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia and Australia. Like you got to write something. This is true. It makes sense and, there. And, and extend it for a large, long period of time. Because but I think have- that, I think that a lot of the losses that we complain about, like the losses and some of the perplexing wins, like why did Dolph Ziggler beat Seth? That was their second match. You know, that was their, that was the rematch. Why, why are we going back to the well there? It's be, it, and I think, a lot of these problems would be mitigated if there was a, a through line for them. Like imagine if Seth had lost that match and he was able to go to the universal title because he was done effectively done with that program, you know, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do that because, because you still have to finish this program with someone who's not on the fucking show every week. And I think the show suffers from that where it's like Brock Lesnar shows up and it is supposed to be this big thing, but because he still has a log jam on this title, he is still the most important thing in the show even mm-hmm. though he doesn't even show up in the ring until the last 15 minutes. Right. And he, doesn't even, he quite frankly doesn't even need the championship. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And he didn't even need, need it for that long. What was it? 484 days he's had? Yeah. yeah. And it's, he'll be, he'll be, will he, will, he, will he beat 500 before then? He will most likely be 500. He will definitely be a 500 day champion by SummerSlam. Oh. Um, but uh. it's a, I think raw, it's just, you know, it's, it's everything that everyone talked about for the last number of years. It's three hours, you know, the, the, the creative to me, um, for raw is kind of shaky. And it, it makes me think because are the creative teams on raw and SmackDown the same? Uh, no, they're not. So it's kind of like shaky in terms of just like how they want to carry things and what stories they want to tell and how they position the show. Quite frankly, I feel like, SmackDown is doing way more with a condensed thing. And maybe it's because SmackDown just feels a lot more urgent. SmackDown is stacked. There are weeks where certain people don't even show up on the show. Like yeah. AJ Styles was not on the show this week. And uh, it was fine and it was still a great show. <laughs> it was it and honestly, it was it was started and stopped with the women. Yeah. Could you imagine Raw doing that? <laughs> it, you know what? It would be a great change of pace if they did. If there was a women, you know, if, if if Ronda Rousey and Alexa and Alexa Bliss kicked off the show and somehow ended off the show, I th- I would think that was a great change of pace from what they're doing now because everything is just Raw starts off with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle says something, you know, you know, 
kind of silly, kind of stupid. It leads to a match, a tag team match <laughs> of some sort of fashion, and then we're rinse repeat for the next couple of weeks. And Constable Baron Corbin's involved, all these different things. To me, this Brock Lesnar thing was the first semblance of an actual factual storyline that I want to see continue next week. Yeah. Um, but it's not. So, I mean, the, the, the big crux of the storyline is that Brock Lesnar showed up to the show, uh, but he would not come out of his dressing room. Uh, they, and a lot of people are saying that they don't like the booking of Brock Lesnar here. Cause it's trying, it's trying too hard to get the fans to boo him, but it worked. And it worked. It worked. It worked at least on, on Raw on Monday. It, it really did help the fans, you know, turn their back on him, uh, which you need to if this is going to be his final three appearances uh, with with the uh, the Raw before I believe and the SummerSlam and the Raw after. Um, and in the end, Paul Heyman is told that if Brock doesn't come out, then he will be fired. And uh, so Paul is spending the whole show trying to get Brock to come back. Brock is saying some really great stuff, like telling Paul to go get a mistake and. Uh, telling Paul, like, I don't watch this show. Why would I watch this show? Which, of course, everyone got a, got a big laugh out of. Right. Um, but, but in the end, uh, Kurt Angle got F5'd at the end of the show. <laughs> so I thought that was amazing, first of all. And to me, if you follow up on that, I think, here's how I follow up on this. And I'll just do a little side booking myself. Um, I would follow up with that leading up to the Raw before SummerSlam, where Kurt Angle is tired of people downplaying him, tired of people talking down to him, tired of people like that. He wants to show people that he can still do what he does. And Kurt Angle calls out Brock Lesnar. He's like, I'm calling you out. It's similar to what Vince McMahon used to do or all these other GMs used to do, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, all these things. He's calling Brock Lesnar out. He's like, I'm tired of this. I need to, you know, you want to be a, you know, use some of a few expletives, they'll beep it out, whatever. And he calls him out on the show and Brock Lesnar absolutely, I mean, you give Kurt Angle a little bit of edge, but Brock Lesnar actually beats the hell out of him. And then you have Roman come out. I think you'll have made people hungry enough for Roman Reigns where he able to actually do something about it. But I think that's really the crux of the storyline. It's making people hungry for Roman Reigns because I think that was what was accomplished on Monday night when they saw, both beloved, you know, by the fans, Kurt Angle and Paul Heyman, brutalized by Brock Lesnar, and no one was out to sort of save them. Yeah, uh, I, and they are teasing uh, the split between those two. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think that if Brock's leaving, Paul should should also uh, be gone as well? I would, love to, I would love Paul to stay around or stick around and do commentary or something. I would love Paul Heyman to replace Jonathan Coachman on commentary. That would be incredible. Um but I think he just doesn't want people yelling in his ear anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think here's two two thoughts of it. I think it could be a swerve. I think no, it it's, swerve. I don't. I I think they're 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 cutting and lead, and lead to Brock Lesnar retaining because uh, he's had to face Roman Reigns for the fourth time, and quite frankly, Roman Reigns kind of has Brock Lesnar's number without it being explicitly said, um, or is the only one that could have Brock Lesnar's number. Um, or I think it could just really be Paul Heyman riding off into the sunset and Brock Lesnar's riding off. But are, are we completely sure that Brock Lesnar is done after SummerSlam? Uh, he's got three more appearances uh, after after Monday. I think he's on a pay by pay basis at this point, right? Yeah, he's he just, is. He he's is. not on an official WWE con. I mean, he is. Oh no, they they ran out of dates a long time ago. I think these are the three that they've that they've set in stone for him, uh, and that would be the Raw before. 
uh, SummerSlam and the Raw after. I assume he's going to be preparing for UFC after this, so maybe it could be one of his last dates. He's a, he, he's there for a Raw after SummerSlam as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's those three. So we'll see how this goes. We'll, we'll see. I, I thought I thought it was an, it was effective. I, I, think I thought it, it was effective as well. Uh, Roman Reigns' promo was really good uh, on Monday as the well. Roman Reigns' chance. Oh, my God. Yeah, people, the, uh, apparently people think that it's like the, this. It's like the, the Sandy Hook of fucking WWE at this it's point. Piped in. <laughs> yeah, people think that it's a, it's a it was a sound trick. Like, dude, how could they do that on a live show? It's you can't do that. The people Come wanted on. to see Roman Reigns. That's a moment that I'll never. That's a moment where if you're in creative, if you're writing WWE, you've got to pat yourself on the back. But they do that, and it's like, so you're gonna have him win. Because if you don't have a win, then that's another six months where, where Roman's going to be looked at like a, like a fucking loser that just gets opportunities. Out Very of true. Very true. So, I mean, essentially, it's, you, you gotta, it's got to pay off at some point. Uh, Ronda Rousey had her segment. Uh, her, her, her suspension is finally up, which is like I literally blinked and it was over. Yeah. Um, I don't think it – again, I remember I said I was worried. I thought it was going to hurt her. It actually didn't. So, I mean, good, good on them for doing that. I know she did have to do a lot of press, and she is continuing to do press for Mile 22 this week, uh, which drops this month. Uh, she, she, it's, she got in the middle of Alicia Fox and Natalia match, which, I mean, the less said about that, the better. And she had to sell for Alicia Fox, which I thought was a bad idea. I don't think Ronda Rousey should be selling for Alicia Fox. I think they're doing too much – she's doing too much selling for me, in my opinion. I thought it's a great change of pace for Mickey James. This is my first <laughs> thought on the Alicia Fox thing. Um, just something different that they're trying out while Mickey James is, I don't know, injured, whatever she is. It doesn't feel like she's injured because you haven't heard any major reports, but they say that she's injured. Um, I think it was purely just to set up the match for next week, which is a huge match. I mean, I never thought we'd see Ronda, Ronda Rousey compete on Monday Night Raw. But oh, it's, it's gonna pop a rating, but I don't think that match is gonna happen. Ooh, hmm. that match isn't gonna happen. You know why? Why? Uh, I think Alicia, I, I think Lex is gonna, uh, gonna interfere before the, the bell rings. They're not gonna give that away on TV. Where, I mean, where's Raw next week? Where Raw is, is week? let's see, more coming events. Let's see, where are they going to be next week? You know, WWE, you're not doing a very good job at these events their sites um, awful their sites awful trying to look for that yeah all right so raw next week will be at jacksonville florida all right they're not doing that yeah they're not doing that fucking, they're not doing that fucking match if it was in barclays next week they're doing the match oh yeah but oh, no, yeah. it's it's not it's it's not happening i think they're gonna it's, it's gonna get interrupted but um but your thoughts on the on the program so far um Ronda very Rousey. Basic, very basic. Very basic. I, I, very I basic. I think they could dive a little bit more. I think we need to get, and 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 this will be one of my pros on SmackDown against Raw. I think we need to make Alexa Bliss look like an actual threat. Mm-hmm. So that's what you'll get. I think you'll get that next week, though. I think so, you're gonna get that next week. But I think we need to have her be th- like an actual threat in matches because it will make her look like a more competent competitor and that it won't just be the, like this one-sided thing because we had that issue with Carmella versus Asuka last month where Asuka looked like a competent competitor and Carmella looked completely the opposite and it made you less likely. You kind of groaned at the fact that Carmella was retaining 
when it could have been a sort of competitive sort of back and forth and you could have been like, damn, but maybe Oscar will win or something. It, it gives you this like shadow of a doubt instead of us having to predict like, there's going to be some sort of smosh finish because there's no way an Alexa Bliss can beat, you know, Ronda Rousey on her own. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to focus on, you know, giving Alexa Bliss or just making her look like a competent champion, even the slightest more. She's a smarmy. She's a smirky. She's an opportunist. We have that completely down. Let us figure out in the ring. She could, you know. Well, I think the problem is that she seems she seems so fucking transitional right now. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they want to go too deep and have her do too much because, like, but what if she wins at SummerSlam? She's not. What if she retains the championship? What if, under some circumstances, she retains the championship? They have Evolution next month. They need something, you know, to sort of sell. That's that in paper. October. They got a whole month. They have another month to do that. That's well, it, it's a. It doesn't replace the September pay-per-view? What's the September pay-per-view? Oh, wait. Maybe that's Backlash. <laughs> what are you talking are they, about? Are they still doing Backlash? Backlash already happened, didn't it? It used to happen in September. Backlash is in May. Oh, okay. Backlash never. already happened. Backlash already happened. So, September, Hell in a Cell. Watch the product. Hell in a Cell. Yeah, watch the product. And, and that's like two weeks after. That's two weeks after. I mean. That, that's where you do the rematch at. That's why. That's why you have Ronda win there. Who, who the fuck? Who, who about the? Who, who's gonna go against her? In Hell in a Cell. Alexa Bliss. Who's gonna go against Alexa Bliss? I mean, Hell actually, Cell. is Ronda Rousey working Hell in a Cell? Yeah, she works like almost all the pay per views. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Then let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Have her, have I her think win you know. I think it's just. It would just make for an more intriguing match. I'm either thinking. Ronda Rousey is going to brutalize Alexa Bliss, and I'm going to be so happy. Or Alexa Bliss is going to smarmily make her way out of this match, um, and it'll be disappointing for Ronda Rousey. I think the former uh, more than anything. Um, all right, uh, one, one, just quick hits here. But Bobby Lashley forgetting the words to Rock and Robin. Bobby Lashley's a herb. Like, <laughs> God, man, just like I was. And then he gets hit by the stupid, you know, he gets hit by lice. I'm like, that's what you get because you are a rube. You are a tool with muscles. You are a giant refrigerator with a hat on like you. Gosh, man. Wow. I think the match at uh, SummerSlam is going to be Lashley versus Elias. And just just get ready for that. On the kickoff show, hopefully. <laughs> oh, no. They're putting Bobby on the main show, brother. They're paying him way too much money for a fucking kickoff. Oh, my God. Um, quick hits. They started a feud between Bobby Roode and Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. How how, how Mojo Raleigh gets scooped by a 50-year-old? <laughs> First of all, poor Bobby Roode, who I thought when he moved to Raw would be on the, like, greener pastures. And the man is two times more relevant than he was on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, but like... He's he back got, there with the fellas, with the Rhinos and Zack Ryders and Kurt Hawkins of the world. And I'm just like, bruh. Bro, like... And he scooped them easy, too. You're way too... You're way too, like... Uh like young to be getting scooped off your feet by Bobby Roode, bro. Like you just be like a, like I don't believe him in any match. Cause that's the, that's the scoop her around the world. Right. 100%. 
Um, kickoff show, bro. I don't know. Kickoff show, maybe. Sure. Um, Bobby Roode, uh, Mojo Rawley, and a fucking loser leaves the locker room match. I don't know. Uh, people are overreacting to to uh, authors of pain losing, losing a singles match. Dude, did you really? Did you see that big outrage over over this week? Why is there outrage? I don't get it. They're tag team competitors. They lost. A, he lost a singles match, and then second of all, it's just like clearly. If they were doing something with the Authors of Pain, something would have happened by now. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I did not... Once I saw them not only slotted in a match against Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil, but a program that has gone on for multiple months, I was just like... They're not really building towards anything. Well, it's the, well that, that's the problem that I saw, and it's a problem that I, that I talked about at the, at the top of this segment, where it's like... Remember, we thought that Drew McIntyre and, and, and Dolph Ziggler were going to be put in the position to be, you know, tag champs or put into the into the mix. But they needed Dolph to be in a singles program in order to have Seth have something to do because there there is no champion on the show. Right. I think I think had there been a champion on the show, Authors of Pain would be, you know, injury stuff notwithstanding with those two, they would be in the mix right now. To me, I feel like it's just. I don't think they would be in the mix just because, to me, they're not seasoned. Especially on Raw, they're kind of just they're known on NXT, but on Raw, they're like not seasoned. They're kind of oh, they were they were heavily protected on NXT, and I really need people to like recognize that these are the same. This is the same team that that people were pissed at because they never lost. They always beat people in like two minutes, and they beat uh, DIY for the time. And now they're all of a sudden like this huge blue chipper team. I'm like, listen, they did improve. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I think they're a really good team. Look at who they were next to. Look at who was staring at them across the ring in NXT. It was seasoned guys that helped them become who they are today. And I think that they're it's going to take some time. I think people are just they're writing them too. They're writing them too early because they haven't even been given a chance to do anything because of a reputation from NXT. When in the past we've all known the way the tide shifts when you move from NXT to Raw could really be a strong force in whichever way. Yeah, and it's it's it could go either way, bro. It really could go either way. Who knows what we'll see from the authors of pain? I mean, quite frankly, on Raw. I mean, they to me, they're not like a super dynamic tag team. They're not like when you look at the tag team division and you see Wyatt and Hardy and the B team and Revival, those are guys who can talk the talk and walk the walk in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the authors of pain really, they're still getting seasoned to that. You can see them, they're being on the mic recently. They're having matches in the ring weekly. I think that is a small victory in itself. Hey, if you're on TV, man. Right. You're doing something right, uh, but that that was raw. Uh, Wait, we, for, we forgot Bailey and Sasha Banks. Imagine. I knew you were gonna bring. I knew you were gonna bring that up. I I didn't think there was anything to to glean from that other than that they're building for the the turn. Matching tag teams, you know, outfits. The staple of any good tag team, matching uh, outfits. Ember Moon missing, MIA. Ember Moon. Ember didn't Moon her, didn't get her win back uh, against uh, Sarah Logan either. They just. Uh, it, there are just weeks where she's just off TV and there's no explanation. To my to my thing, I think they're building towards and I, I thought maybe they're building towards something at SummerSlam with the Riot Squad and and and, and um Ember and Ember Moon, but it looks like they're maybe not. Um so if they're not, 
then I'm really we're hitting crunch time towards building towards SummerSlam. If you're really not going to be on the show, then I don't think you should be featured on Raw. Um, and we haven't heard anything about um, Miss Miss Ruby. She was featured in the graphic. I was like, oh, Ruby's back, and then she was not on the show. I think I think she I think it's imminent uh, that she will be back soon, though. I, I think it's definitely something that's that's going to happen very soon. Um, they said it, you know, less serious than they thought it was. And they said three, uh, six to nine weeks. So I think we're nearing the minimum of that at this point. Yeah. I mean, at this point we have to, but to me, you know, it was a, it was a nice little run, but <laughs> so I, I think they have big, big plans for, for them as a whole, which is why they're still given these opportunities. And, uh, I, I like the tag match. It was a pretty good tag match. I think we're all just waiting for the flip and I think we're going to get it very soon. Or maybe we don't. Or yeah, or maybe we don't, and we're just—it's October, and we're still doing the same thing. We're <laughs> fighting again. This is the this is the longest program they've ever had. I think I think on one hand, it's a good thing because they never do long term booking like this. But on the other hand, that, here's the thing: I don't think this is long term booking. I think this is we're flying off the seat of our pants, and we're not sure they can guise this behind long term booking. But the way everything has shifted from the end of last year to now and everything has shifted back and forth and back and forth and up and down and left and right. I can't call this long-term booking. I call this spinning wheels in the mud and not knowing what neither of these women have had major championship opportunities because of this feud. Like, Uh, you know, it's been, it's been, they both have been kept out of the scene by virtue. I, of I don't team. think that even. I don't think that just saying that it's not long term booking makes it not long term booking. It is absolutely long term, even if they don't know or think that it is. This has been going on since January. This is, <laughs> it I is. Mean, it is long term. It's long term. I think it's long term by the fact of the date. But I just, you know, it doesn't seem like there's an actual plan, man. I don't know. But you know what? That's raw. That's raw. That's raw. That's raw. There you go. Uh, let's get into SmackDown really quick. Uh, really, you see the ratings that came out for it? It did a it did a, uh, did a two did a two four. Listen, Zelina's influence. The Zelina's influence. Right, I tell you, I love SmackDown this week. I love very it from excellent top to episode. Bottom. Excellent episode. Um, amazing. Uh, just you know, just off the top, an amazing uh, Daniel Bryan the Miz promo. These two can't miss. It's intense. The inten- the tent- the intensity is palpable. They've been back and forth on the mic. They've both given great, you know, bars and jabs to one another. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's just who knew that not only will this match will probably be great in the ring, but it's great on the mic, too. And there's real animosity and they've kept them a while. This is long term booking. This is well, like well, well, Sasha Bailey is it not yeah. long term booking? <laughs> Come on, stop, stop trying to get that over. Now like, this, this is, is booking. Not, not. <laughs> now this is booking. This is the Miz. The Miz is an amazing job. Daniel Bryan did an amazing. What are job. some of the biggest hits? Some of the biggest hits on that. I think uh, Daniel Bryan saying that the Miz will never be the Rock or John Cena was that was so harsh. And you know what? Because it's you know why it is because it's fucking true. It is, and it's like. You, he essentially said something to the effect of you've done this thing that other people in WWE have done before and they've done it better than you and they're bigger than you will ever be. And that yeah. is the you will never be The Rock and you will never be John Cena. I thought that was such a hard dig. And then 
the Miz sort of came across as just like, I don't have time for what you're trying to do. I am not the guy that you think I am. I am over you. I don't need to be in a match with you. I need to focus on my highly rated show, getting these championship opportunities. I do not want to waste my time facing Daniel Bryan. I also that- notice also notice he never answered him uh, before he went off. He never answered him. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a good way. You know, you tell a story here where it's Bryan trying to goad Miz into uh, – into this match and essentially I think it will be the undoing of Daniel Bryan. I, I, I do think that they want to stretch this feud out and I don't think Daniel Bryan will win the first match, but I do think the way that they're getting there is uh, pretty incredible. I thought the baby thing was a nice embarrassing touch to leave Daniel Bryan in the ring. And it's like, you're acting like a child. He's literally talking to him like that. He's like, you're acting like a child. And we both have children. So I, we know how a child acts. And you're acting like a child. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, Fan- God. I, I, I need someone else to do this show with me. Fan- uh, the, the next big, and this was a show-long storyline for the women. How about that? Smackdown from last year to now. 180, brother. Uh, the uphill battle of Becky Lynch. Uh, she came out and cut a really great promo. Uh, at the top of the show with Carmella coming out and doing an equally good job. I thought Carmella was really fucking great here. I thought she was good, but I thought it went on like a 30 seconds too long. Like yeah. it was. Can't have, can't have them women talking too long, huh? No. All right. Relax. Relax. <laughs> All right. I thought it went on 30 seconds too long in terms of just that admiration for Becky Lynch, especially when the result was something they could have probably done like 15 seconds into the segment. But I did think. Overall on the show, I thought this was Carmella's best showing as champion ever. Ever. Yeah. Ever. ever. From the beginning got, of the show. Yeah. She got a good opening, uh, even down to the promo with Paige. And there, she had a solid match with, uh, I guess we'll say it now, the returning Charlotte Flair. I love and that match. It was a really good match. I thought it was her best match as champion um, so far. And me, I was like, yo, is Charlotte really like not carrying her, but like she wasn't doing all the, I mean, Carmella wasn't doing, you know, head scissors into the, into the barricades before there wasn't this like threat of like counting out before she kicked out of the, you know, um, what's Charlotte's cutter. Oh, the natural selection, natural Natural selection, um, which put her over as champion. This is something that's like, wow, she's really becoming like, she's becoming a durable champion that she can kick out of these maneuvers. She doesn't really have to cheat all the time to be able to do it. And that's kind of all what I wanted from a champion. And I thought the story of Becky Lynch in the beginning of the show with her promo and just saying like, listen, I haven't gotten an opportunity since 2016. I've been waiting for this. 2017, April. She, I believe she said, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, she lost the championship in 2016, hasn't had an ch- opportunity since 2017, and she's been really fighting for this chance. She's built up the momentum on her own to earn this opportunity. And then Charlotte Flair shows up one night, <laughs> 30 minutes into the show, gets the same opportunity she's had to work for for the last two months. And now she's inserted into the match. Best friends. 
I loved during the show or, or during the match showing Becky's face, uh, making sure that they got the promo where she said, you know, I, I always will support my friend. I think this is setting up for a really good match. I, I, and I know that we kind of fantasy booked this or actually rather you fantasy booked this uh, about a month ago. Uh, just basically saying, I think it's going to end up being a multi, a multi-woman match here. Here we are with the multi-woman match. I wouldn't be surprised if they added one more person, but you did, you did say that you were hoping that they did keep it to a three-way. And why is that? I feel like with a triple threat match, you, there's more of a focal point on the story between Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And it does, it does make, it does make, you know, it does make Carmella a bit of a third wheel, but it also, you know, you can sort of book her into being a, you know, a, a, a champion who will take advantage of both of these people with a fatal four way match. The story kind of goes out the window, which, you know, Carmella and with, with Charlotte and Becky Lynch, and it becomes more focused on the champion and it becomes more focused on her trying to retain against three other opponents. Mm-hmm. So, so I think quite frankly, It'll be better and more intriguing and more story based as a triple threat match. Um, and it'll be, you know, where does this leave Oscar who they are, who they clearly do see in that upper mid card top card place, but she might not have a place. And I don't, I really don't think they leave her off the card. And that's, that's my issue with, I, I love that idea, but my issue with it is that they're not leaving her off the card. I don't think they're going to leave her off the card at all. She's like the next top woman there. I think it would I think to showcase the women's division on SmackDown in this way, I think it would be a very strong um alternative to the already strong Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss match. So I hope they add Asuka to the match because it'll make it a lot more competitive and a lot more musty. But because I think you I think at this point, and I think we again we said this, you have uh the the, the idea is that you know she's beating all these women before but she hasn't beaten them all at once right and i think you have oscar again get her win back just like you gave charlotte her win back next week on smackdown and then you uh you have that match i don't think oscar should win that match i think you should have becky win it and then have charlotte maybe flip or oscar flip and then have uh becky be the baby face that is trying to hold them off and have carmella you know kind of go back down and <laughs> see what she's got to do facts uh but i do i do like all those those outcomes hey man the, the women's division of smackdown is, is on fire i mean just from there we also have zelina vega and and lana who had a uh a short little match that i thought it was pretty pretty good i think lana has improved a lot in ring and i think that has to go set that that's been going unset lately and i think i have to say that i'm very impressed with how she uh she's war she's way more comfortable in the ring now She's way more comfortable. She's way more fluid. You know, she does, she's already been, you know, done very well on the mic for herself, but just in the ring, she's, you know, she's not the best. She's still, you know, she she still has a ways to go, but she's getting it. And she's getting it in this match. I loved her, um, her comeback with the little wild spinner Rooney. And then, you know, she gets back and she gets that fire. It's, it's part of that is understanding the crowd and understanding what they'll get hyped for. And I think, you know, even Zelina Vega. This is Zelina Vega's first match in WWE ever. She never had a match on NXT. Yes, she did. Much- <laughs> Wait, she did against yes. Candice. Yes. When? Uh, I'm right sure it happened. Up. I feel right, like it did right happen before right. he got called. It was right before he got called up. It was back in uh, uh, after Mania week. Okay. Well, she had her first match on the main roster in 
within like a couple of months on debut on the main roster. I thought it went pretty well. You know, I'm, I'm happy. To- I think they're putting a lot of, of faith, and I think they're put they're giving Andrade a lot. And I, I think it should it shouldn't go unsaid as well that like you know they really have just in two three weeks they position him as something someone very important on the show, and I think that that's that really makes me happy. I have to say, it is it's about time. Um, yeah. I think as as we you know we talked about it on the show we were groaning about like Andre Andrade Cienamas not being on the show for umpteen weeks in a row, and I guess it just takes time. And you know what? It took an opportunity, and he made the best of an opportunity versus Sin Cara, and he rolled that out to you know being on the show consecutively for a number of weeks in a row, and and we're getting a good you know short nice little intergender maybe mixed match tag feud you know from this. And I think that would be an amazing idea to do. Uh, it gets Andrade his first pay-per-view. And it gives Elena her, some experience uh, on that big stage. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, and also, but actually, one, one thing before I move on to that, Rusev Day is crumbling. And again, you, you do think that Aiden English is turning. I think Aiden English will be the one to turn. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, it could go either way. Uh, I think Aiden English will be the one to turn just because he's just... I don't know. I think he's eventually going to be like, I was the one behind Rusev Day. Like, Rusev Day was all me. There wouldn't be a Rusev Day without Aiden English. And well, Who wants to see that match? I mean, no one wants to see the match, but it's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like it's going to happen eventually. And shout out to, like, Rusev, who is not ringside. Didn't explain why he wasn't at ringside during the no, match. No, they did. They did explain that because he said that, remember, last week he wanted space. And uh, I believe that Corey said that he wanted some prof- – they were respecting Rusev's personal space or wow. professional space. Yeah. And then he came out the back of nowhere, like he got just got like caught being off or something. It's just oh like, boy! You, at the end of at the end of the show, you just stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> he was like, "Lana, I heard you. Where's Aiden?" <laughs> and then she's like, "I needed you out in the ring. Where were you?" And I was just like, "Sound familiar, know, huh?" It sounds familiar. Life imitates yeah. art. You know what I'm saying? Wow! Turn that up. <laughs> Turn that all the way up. Turn that oh up. Oh my god. No, yes, no I get in trouble. Yes, I know what I said to you. Guess what? I didn't mean it. <laughs> Mill has been getting in trouble lately, bro. Oh my god, shut up. Turn that all the way up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like the I like that Andrade is kind of the cipher to making the uh Rusev Day thing crumble at this point. Um, but I, I, I would love the, the mixed tag, a mixed tag match between them in SummerSlam. And I think, I think Andrade could move on after that. Yes. Our, the Usos in the bar for the tag team championship tournament. Uh, they had a banger of a match this week. I thought it was really, really good. And, uh, the bar ended up winning that match. Great match, which saw the new day get their own fucking commentary table. <laughs> They're just, when, when does it, they, they do whatever they want. When does the money stop? <laughs> yeah, like they, they do whatever they do whatever they want. They're gonna have it's not the new day announced table toy. Okay. To me, New Day is literally having one of the greatest runs in WWE in the past twenty years. Like, unquestionably. Unquestionably. Like they're literally like their run on top. T- to be honest, they're edging towards having a longer run on top than Stone Cold Steve Austin actually did. Like a lot of a lot of people are. Like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are, their neck is oh, broken. Look, <laughs> longer than the rock. Like it's, it's, a, they're having a very good run. And it makes me wonder, like, 
there's no signs of stopping it because they hashtag, keep reinventing themselves. Hashtag black champion. Okay. I think black this champion. is where this, this thing, that's the only way this ends is black champion. They switch from power positivity to bootios to pancakes. It's kind of like what's next. They keep constantly reinventing themselves and they know what works. It's just incredible to me. It's incredible. They haven't had to do a thing where they add a fourth member because it's getting stale. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's good. It's good. It is good. It, it's, it's remained good. And I thought they had some pretty good moments on commentary. They didn't have the full audio of them on commentary, which I think they need to put out. Uh, but, it, but it will be the bar in the New Day next week to determine who faces the Bludgeon Brothers. Who do you think it will be? I think it's going to be New Day. Um, My guess is probably New Day. I like the match, though. I like the match. I think, you know, it brings some intrigue of New Day. It's the most popular tag team on SmackDown and have been for a minute. The bar was the team that ended their historic, you know, long reign. So that you could really go either way on both sides. Um, for you know, the Bludgeon Brothers show up and just decided to kick the shit out of everyone. Oh, multi-man match. Oh, I didn't think about that. But then that's a WrestleMania rehash, isn't it? And then they get seven minutes again. Oh, and shit. And we're back right. in the same boat. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. But I mean, this is a Mania card. So, like, essentially, I, I think we're going to get that anyway. Potentially. Who knows? Potentially. Uh, and one more before we go. Uh, Randy Orton, are, are you are you sold yet? Or are you? I thought he had another really good section on, on SmackDown this week. I thought that entire segment with Jeff Hardy, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Randy Orton was superb. Um, he didn't say much, which is why I'm pretty high on it. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's all body language. With Randy Orton, when he's the Viper, it's all body language, man. He doesn't have to say as much as he does. Uh, because when he does say stuff, he reiterates the same thing over and over. Jeff Hardy, the enigma. You know. That's, I, how, he, that's how he finds his words. That's how he finds yeah. his words. <laughs> A United States championship match. And the reason why I did it was, let's go back. And it's not because of things. And it's not because of that. And I'm like, bro, just say why you did the damn thing. <laughs> it's not because of that. But I thought the entire thing worked out very well. I think the fact that Jeff Hardy, it, this is a very different predicament where Jeff Hardy is getting it from like all different sides. Yeah. And it's rare because usually a face is just like kind of one-on-one and then like one kind of fades out or it's like a triple threat match. And they're like the champion is thing. No, this feud is they both intensely hate Jeff Hardy. And they're taking turns beating the shit out of him every single week. And I think that that's a, that's a great, cause it's like, you're waiting for, you're waiting for Randy to turn. And I, and w- when he turns against Shinsuke, that's going to be, that's going to be dope. But it's like, you got, you actually want that. And it kind of, it would kind of erase what he's done the last three weeks or so, right? Yeah, because it's still heel versus heel, you know? So it's like, who knows? I feel like the we're going to get a... I don't know. Are we gonna we're get getting a, a triple threat. threat. We're going to get a triple threat. We're getting a triple threat match. But the other two guys have to have... But I, I'm really more interested in sort of how Jeff Hardy shows up and gets in the thing of all this. And I think it's going to end up being when they book that Randy versus Shinsuke match and he takes advantage of this all. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there absolutely is a a, a huge opportunity for a, a three way between these these, uh, these guys to to be a really good match. And again, it's it's an opportunity for Shinsuke to play the hits and Randy and, and Jeff to do the work. <laughs> right. 
so uh yeah i i i think that i think it was a really good a really good segment and i overall really strong smackdown this week i I think week after week it's the best main roster show i don't think it's better than nxt by any means but it's it's consistently the the best main roster show i think it's uh, because nothing really drags and because of the time of the show it's very urgent so you'll see something like they'll have the opening segment and then they'll have an Usos promo and then they'll have a promo for Daniel Bryan coming out and then they'll have a promo for a WWE championship. And then it'll do it's very urgent. They have to kind of utilize the time in creative ways and it allows for things to flow in different ways and have different segments and all these other things. That's what I think mm-hmm. about the show. Nothing really like drags. And I think that's probably why the Attitude Era is, you know, propped up as as long as they did because like people like vince russo never believed in things passing the commercial segment it's like (laughs) two minute matches like if if we got 10 minutes they having a two minute match and we have another seven minute segment like it's those things it's just like keep the pace going i think there needs to be a sense of urgency on raw oh you're you're not gonna get that in a three-hour show (laughs) yeah i I pray for you i pray for that yeah it's it's hard to keep up a a fast pace on a three-hour show every week but yeah, uh, that is that is the weekend wrestling. I I, I don't want to talk about uh, I don't want to I don't want to talk about G one because we got something special coming for the G one really soon. But uh, it's, it's almost over, and just just know that I'm planning something for that. Uh, just just a, a little rundown. So I think the G it's it's, it's positive to say the G show is happening. The I'll G show, okay, G-show. all right now. G-show. Let's G-show. get it. The G show is happening. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be one time only. I don't know if it's going to be multiple times, but it, it's happening. So stay tuned for that. I'm just waiting for the perfect moment uh, for these G1 matches to slow down. Uh, I, I have a lot of words in the G1 this year, but just wait for that to come out. Uh, and, and again, that's been the show. And Mills, anything else you, you had to bring up for this week? I'm very glad that we're covering this SummerSlam triple threat match. I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> thank you all for voting. Thank you, yes. thank you, everyone who voted. Um, again, once again, thank you, everyone who's supporting the show. Like, it's in, literally incredible. Um, we sh- support the show, so maybe we can do something, you know, SummerSlam weekend next year if it's in L.A. or Brooklyn or wherever the hell it's going to be. <laughs> I think they got Brooklyn locked down for a while, but I'm I'm definitely with it. Let's do it. You sure? Because they're going to... We're going to have a... We're going to have NXT takeover in New... We're going to have WrestleMania in New York. Uh, and NXT. Okay. Y'all go to New York. They go to New York too much. Nah, bro. No. We literally get we get about three house shows a year and two actual shows, and usually they're Raws. We don't we get with. shit. They, we, they might come LA. here once. We might come here once. They might come here once. I think you guys are going to get SummerSlam back eventually. Oh, great. Amazing. Well, they, they'll probably want to do that in that new soccer stadium that, we, that they built out here. Ooh. When does that open? It already opened. It's, it's, oh, all, it's, all, it's all outdoors. Yeah, they're probably going to want to do that. The biggest SummerSlam party. The biggest party ever. The mm-hmm. biggest party of the summer. I mean, might as well, you know? <sighs> it's going to be so hot outside, though. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a show. It's better always than freezing fall. at WrestleMania. That's the only reason I don't want to go to WrestleMania. But, um, <laughs> but yes, please continue to support. Yeah, so we could have things, too. We can, we can do things, you know have meetups, all this other stuff, you know, merch, it's, who knows? It's, it's the, oh, fuck, we need that. Oh, man, we, we, we got to talk about merch. That'd be fucking fire. 
we got to talk about merch. I don't know how we haven't talked about merch. Anyway, we're going to have a conversation. And when we come up with, with a merch plan, you guys will be the first people to know. Uh, as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live for any type of uh, content, including our playlists, our shows. Uh, we have Perfect Play coming back this week. Shout out to Huey. Uh, we also have late fees coming very, very soon. If you haven't, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the disavowed episode uh, for the Mission Impossible series, where we all go through the Mission Impossible series and figure out which ones are the best and which ones we can just keep in the video store. Uh, we also have two belts coming up. We have two belts coming up this week. We were talking about, uh, I guess it was relevant to you, J5. We're talking about stands this week. Maybe I should oh, call yeah. you up. Please do. <laughs> Please talk. Please call me for stands. Maybe, maybe we should call you up. We also got a very stacked release date because we have YG, um, Travis Scott, she's uh, who else? We have Mac Miller, potentially Young Thug. It's going to listen. You ain't listening to that Mac Miller album. I might not. It's, it's. I'll be honest with you. It's low on the priority with the other th- with the other things that we've talked about. Um, but I will try. But I will try. Um, we have two belts. We have the lookout coming back soon. Oh, yeah. Back soon. We actually recorded the first episode of season three earlier today. So, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so, shout out to me doing double duty today. But we, the lookout is definitely coming back soon. Um, so you can look out for that. And yes, as always, check us out on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker. Uh, where, what iTunes. am I missing? iTunes, all of give that. Us leave us five stars, five stars. Yes, please, please, please give us five star ratings, and please on on SoundCloud, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, and we can give you the, the content that you guys want and you guys sorely deserve. Uh, stay tuned with us, man. RNC, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff, really big things, uh, and we're doing it, you know, just to touch on different uh, un, untapped potentials and, and cultures that, you know, we don't see a lot of conversation about or for, so stick with us and we won't let you guys down. Uh, so until next time, thank you for listening to the A show. I'm Justin for meals. See you next time. Peace. Happy Rusev day. <laughs>